It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me tonight, Ed Jordanic, as always, as Mike Coffey is off and away. You know, probably, Ed, um, there's been so many games in a row during the regular season that we discussed the win. I think Coffey just couldn't bring himself to all of a sudden have to pivot to a loss. Um but, you know, it, it, uh, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. The law of averages kind of caught up with us. There were, there were games that we escaped where the ball kind of bounced our way. Um, it obviously didn't against Cincinnati. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, what, what is your overall gut instinct? As I, I personally think uh, the Virginia Tech game is the defining moment of the season for us. Depending upon how that game goes is what I kind of think the rest of the season is going to go. But – I don't know what I mean. What are your thoughts? Are you are where do you see the situation right at the moment with the program? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I I thought you know a lot of the the mistakes last week. I think you could maybe ascribe to sort of mental errors that might have been. It, it looked to me like you know I don't know if I necessarily buy into the whole bye week thing, but it looked to me like Cincinnati was the sharper team, the fresher team. And we looked like we were sort of hitting a midseason wall. Um, it, we just kind of looked uh, a little bit blah and made some mental errors, not just the turnovers, um, but also some things on defense like, you know, J.D. Bertrand, you know, it's well documented. He, he did not have a good game and he played a lot. And we just our, our lack of depth, I think, really at that position hurt us a little bit. No Marist, you know, and no Shane Simon and um but I think Saturday night's going to be really difficult. Um, you know, I, I yeah, think, I agree with I you. I think Virginia Tech does, did not like losing to us. Uh, you know, the Dexter Williams game, Dexter Williams game a couple of years ago. You know, Book had a a, a uh, you know a last minute um, touchdown to to pull off. You know, kind of the team, the game that kind of started Notre Dame on its 16 game winning streak. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know about defining, but I think if somehow we could get out of Blacksburg with a win then um, that does set us up to sort of catch our breath and maybe come back and, and, and run the table. You know, everybody was talking about yeah. how this was a, a two-loss team going to a New Year's Day Bowl, and I think that's probably still a, a, maybe a consensus view and probably still pretty accurate. But I think if you could put together a good performance and, and come out with a, with a W Saturday night, um, you know, then, then, you, then I think 11-1 and one is a real, real possibility. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I, that's what I mean by a defining moment. I think I, I think if they win Saturday, then there's a chance we can run the table. Um, because that, that'll be a really good sign to be able to go into Virginia Tech, which is, look, I mean, there's a few places in college football, LSU, a few others where, I mean, it is an environment that you're not used to walking into. And, well, um, yes. Yes and no. I mean, I was there a couple of years ago, and I actually was um, – you know, uh, I had plenty of room to spread out. I was with, uh, with, uh, Steve Rovato and his son. Um, I remember that. By, I remember you telling just, me you were going, yeah. Yeah. Just by coincidence. And, 
yeah, the Sandman thing was cool, but it's a little overrated. Um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, you know, I don't think you, you know, it certainly wasn't like a Baton Rouge or a Knoxville or, you know, some of the other places that uh, that I've seen Notre Dame play on the road. Um, you know, back in the day and even more recently, but, um, but no, it, it'll be, well, that's good to know. I mean, I feel better yeah. about it. <laughs> I mean, I, but I also think that they probably, they probably, the circumstances are a little bit different this time. I think maybe they think they have a little bit of a better chance. Yeah. I mean, they're um, three and one. I mean, yeah, they're, they're yeah. in it. So, uh, look, they beat they've North been, Carolina. They've been, they've been as inept as we've been on offense. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they got some issues. And, and yeah. you know, again, this is a, I think it's a coaching opportunity. I think Notre Dame can put together some things uh, from a schematic standpoint that might make a difference. So hopefully we'll see that. But look, I, I, there's a bunch of interesting things going on, and I, there's a plenty of things we can talk about. Um, I don't want to harp too much on the loss to Cincinnati, but I do think it's worth discussing a few things. Sure. I, I kind of really felt like the kickoff debacle uh, was a major turning point in the game. I really do. I, I just, man, it really took the air out of the, out of the sails. And it was a major ish. I mean, that was a big, huge turning point. Um, Tyree is, you know, obviously he returned the other one. When you see the replay, it just so happened that the camera was right on his eyes and you could see he literally took his eye off the ball before it was all the way in his hands. And yeah, he was it's kind of like it's kind of like the downside of taking one back to the house. Right. Yep. It's like, now, yeah. Now you the, think you're going to do it. I can do time. this again. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this yep. every time the ball comes to me. So, you know, that's one of those moments where, you know, you got to learn from that. I, I thought it was cool that all the players went over to him on the sidelines and were like, man, don't worry about it. We got this. Um, but I mean, look, I mean, it was a big, huge defining moment. I think the other defining moment was, you know, God almighty, it's it's the end of the first half yeah. and you you kick it over to Cincinnati and look, man, that's the time where you gotta button up and yes. you know, look, we, we you gotta prevent that and lo and behold we did it. Yeah, the defense played well except the two most two major kind of possessions. Yeah, the the two most important possessions of the game, end of the first half, end of the fourth quarter. Right and, after the uh, after we scored. Um, yep. 17, yeah. 13, and all of a sudden the game's a game. Yeah. And, and Brock, but outside Brock of those two possessions, <laughs> outside of those two possessions, I mean, that was a hell of a defensive effort. Got to give them credit. Um, you know, the, the scores in the first half were the result of turnovers deep in our territory. Yeah. So you can't yeah. really argue that. Um, so look, I mean, this is, these are the kinds of things, and I, you know, like we said earlier, the law average is caught up with us. Uh, you know, you're going to get lucky in certain situations and you're going to get unlucky and we got unlucky, but you know, I, I mean, obviously, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm going to, if, if there's one bet in Vegas that I would bet it's that Drew Pine starts Saturday. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds like that's not a done deal. Um, they're being coy about it. And some of the things today were a little bit, you know, I, I, I would think that that's the case, but I, I don't. I really wonder, you know, Brian Kelly, and it, it can be kind of stubborn at times. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, when the consensus is, uh, you know, that Pine should start, um, I, you know, I think he's, I think he's kind of earned it in terms of sort of what he's added to the mix. Um, but I could see, you know, this thinking about, you know, Cone and 
on the road and a tough environment and pine hasn't done that and all that kind of thing. I, I just think that you, you really sort of, you know, it, I think it's kind of, I mean, I hate to say this. I mean, I like Jack Cohn, but I, I think it's kind of, you just got to, you know, he's a, he's a one and out and it's, you got to cut bait here and look to the future. Yeah, and that means, right. you know, focusing on pine and Buckner and getting them ready to play big time college football. Not that this season is, 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 is a waste and you're not trying to win every game, but there isn't that kind of separation between their ability to lead this team and win football games and his, from what I can tell, um, and, you know, from the evidence that we've seen. And, you know, if that's the case, then I think you've got to, you know, you, you've, you've got, and I, listen, I, you know, I would love it if he was able to, you know, stand in the pocket and do his thing. But, um, you know, besides, besides not being, you know, nimble, <laughs> Um, and, you know, basically making the RPO, you know, kind of thing non-existent. Um, he hasn't been terrific on his reads. He hasn't been terrific on his progressions and he hasn't been terrific on his accuracy of the deep ball. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I'm usually, I think those I'm are usually, all good points. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. I'm usually the, I'm usually the one that's kind of like, you know, Oh, you know, stick with this, this guy. But, um, I, I think you've got to go in the Pine Buckner direction. Um, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I just think that I think you're right. I mean, I think the separation between the two is not great enough to to dictate. The other thing is, I think that in the sit, you know, if you're the head coach and you're going to stick with Cone, then you got to let that be known right away. And and you know, because I don't think you gain anything by trying to to lead West Virginia into some sort of preparation mode where they got to prepare for all three, which they're going to do anyway. I, I don't think no matter what Brian Kelly says, they're going to prepare for both cone and pine. And then they're going to say, all right, when, you know, unfortunately when Buckner comes in the game, here's what they're going to do. It's going to be one of three things. And, you know, I, th that was one of the weird moments for me in the second half when Buckner came in and the crowd Made started no sense. going. Yeah. Made I mean, no look, I, I totally, I mean, look, the whole entire stadium knew that what in God's name are you doing? And then lo and behold, he runs a broken play that gets like nothing. And so, you know, this is, this is the kind of thing that happens when you got a really young guy like Tommy Reese. Um, but, but, you know, these are learning moments. So I, I kind of think Tommy's going to figure this out and he's going to, you know, he's going to he's going to now say to himself, OK, I'm going to stick with what we know works and I'm going to be a little bit more fluid in the moment. I'm not just going to stick to a script that's on paper that says to do this if the moment doesn't dictate that. So I'm I'm kind of hoping that that that's what comes of it. But anyways, when it when it's all said and done. I think you got to go with Pine. I think you got to go with him at least at a minimum for the entire first half. I don't care what happens, right? Because what you can't do now is play this yo-yo game with the quarterbacks. You're going to create huge, huge uh, disruption with the chemistry and, of the. Team. And not just uh, not just with the quarterbacks. I think with the team in general, right? I mean, it, it, right, exactly. This, this, That's what I mean. The offensive line is struggling as it is. You know, each quarterback has a different sort of cadence, a different, you know, their, their steps are different. Their, their tendency, you know, the, the way that they sort of operate back there is different. And you kind of, it was pretty clear after the last couple of years that not only did it was our offensive line in sync with each other, but they were really pretty, pretty well in sync with Ian book. Right. I mean, they, 
yeah. they kind of had a yeah. real feel for what he was going to do and when he was going to do it, you know, in terms of sort of, you know, um, knowing when he was going to run, you know, knowing when it was when they had to stay behind the line of scrimmage, knowing when they could, he- you know, head downfield, all those kind of things. And I think it's, you know, it's just another thing that makes an already struggling offensive line, um, you know, sort of more, uh, um, you know, you know, setting them up for a little bit more uh, um, difficulty. And, and that's, you know, shuttling these guys in and out left and right um, and them not being able to sort of get used to a particular a particular thing or particular style. Now, most of the, the vast majority of the snaps, of course, have been coned so far. So they kind of know what they're dealing with there. But um, but I agree with you. If you're going to go with Pine, you just got to go with him Saturday night. Yeah. And and, you know, and basically for the season. And it, yeah, and it, and sucks. I, yeah. it sucks for Jack Cohn. But, you know, it's it does. It's, I, I, you know. Yeah. I feel bad for Cohn. But you know what? This is this is college football. I mean, this is what right. it is. And you stick with Pine for the entire first half. And then it would have to be something like a completely disastrous first half, where right. you then go back to Cone because, you know, the you're just going to you're going to cause major disruption yeah. with the overall team, and it's just going to be a really bad thing. So I kind and of you know, it's really, you know what's really interesting is you know he doesn't throw the interception and Notre Dame gets points on that first drive of the game. Yeah, and then we're and we're, we're not we're, even we're probably, we might we might be having a completely different conversation. <laughs> totally different conversation. That's exactly right. Which is just weird. You know, I, I it is the rough thing about college football. I mean, you're only as good as the last game, and um, but you know, look, I mean, we're we're now. Uh, you know, four games into this, I mean, it, it's, you got to kind of start making moves here. And I do think that you got to look to the future of the program and think about what's right. And what's the major thing there. You know, th- there are a couple other concerns I had from Saturday. I mean, there were a couple drop balls. I mean, obviously, oh, hard, you know, yeah. I, man, talk about a major drop ball for Kevin Austin, but oh man, for as good of a, a rebound game that he had, um, against Wisconsin, I mean, man, that was tough to see that because uh, n- now I know Brian Kelly tried to cover for him, and he's like, you know what, we were playing him a lot. It, he was kind of winded a little bit, a little, little bit of that going on. Could be. I mean, look, I, I get it. Um, he did have a great catch earlier. so, But, man, that was a big moment and a big drop, and, boy, it'd be look, interesting. Listen, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I honestly don't understand that <laughs> i mean you know like if you're you know if if you're you know maybe not this year or last year but you know i mean did julio jones ever come off the field for the falcons i mean you know those I, you i'm know, with um i hey, look i'm with you don't get it you know in the nfl i mean they're they're throwing the ball 30 35 times a game in an average game right and in a and in a non-average game you know they're throwing it 40 45 50 times um and Julio Jones is a, you know, is, is a receiver that stretches the field. And I mean, I, I just, I can't buy this, you know, I mean. Yeah, I'm tired. I, I need more reps. I, I'm with you. I, like Kevin Austin, I mean, he's trying to make a name for himself and prepare himself for an NFL career. Well, guess what? <laughs> you've got to make those catches. You can't be listen, dropping the balls. If you've, got, if you've got to run the 40-yard dash a half dozen times in four hours, and, and that's and that's wearing you out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. It's I, not. Good. I don't yeah, know. That, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, water. You know, right. and, and 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 I'm sure we'll see more Colsey and Styles. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw today, but Joe Wilkins is out for the year. Um, yeah, You know, so so those things. You know, but so there's no choice. I mean, 
he yeah. better, uh, you know, he better be ready to go and he better be ready to, to, you know, to, 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 to run, you know, to run deep routes back to back to back. I mean, yeah. it never happens. I mean, I can't, I, you know, his Notre Dame, I don't know, I, but I just, I, I, I give Brian Kelly credit for having Kevin Austin's back a little bit, but I think inside, you know, he's probably, he's probably just trying to protect the kid a little bit, but inside he's got to be like, how the hell do you drop that? Yeah. And I, um, well, and I, I do give Brian Kelly a lot of credit for that. Cause that was a wise move. I think that's exactly what you do in yeah. that situation. You, you get behind your guy yeah. and, and Kevin needs that. So I, I, great move but i i do think that you know this is a big moment for kevin awesome and i think he's got to have a great game saturday night uh because if he doesn't i mean you know look out it's just gonna you know the wheels are gonna spin uh you know the only other surprising thing for me and, and does, i don't know it does sound like virginia tech you know the back end of their defense is is really good if not yeah you know yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's very strong if not if not great i mean it sounds like it's the strength of their defense so I agree. The only other thing that kind of surprised me a little bit about the Cincinnati game was, I mean, I got a little nervous at the end of the game watching Mayer flip around like he was. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, okay, guys, this is the one guy that is a complete separator in terms of the offense and what we can do with him. Why in God's name is he still out there with that? And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Mayer was like, you know, limping it up a little bit but i mean that was a first thought in my mind is what what are we doing what why is he out there because we need him the rest of the season and what you don't want is him playing 75 percent the rest of the way out so right. you know it's gonna be real interesting to see if he plays saturday i, I may may not surprise me if all of a sudden he doesn't play because we got a bye week and Maybe, maybe, unfortunately, he's not going to play Saturday because we need to save him to get him 100% healthy for the rest of the season run. I don't know. That yeah, is going to be. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they handle that, but you're right. It's it's a it's a troubling thing because, um, you know, he's he's a weapon and, um, but he he runs better routes than the wide receivers do. I mean, his ability. Yeah, is you're right. He does. Ridiculous. It's better yeah. than anybody on the outside. Yeah. Um, I I really wish Bauman wouldn't have gotten hurt because I think he was sort of coming into his own. And I think, you know, part of this is, I think, just holdover from last year. You know, in a way, you know, they haven't really completely flipped the switch from what they have here had last year. In other words, there's still, it seems to me, a hangover in some of the play calling and some of the scheming and some of the stuff they're doing that that makes it, you know, that, 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 that Reese is calling games like he's got, you know, um, the personnel he had last year. <laughs> yeah, no, just, I think that's a great point. And, oh, you're right. I and agree. he just doesn't. And, you know, why, why even waste, why even waste an RPO call with Jack Cohn on the field? I mean, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't yeah. make any sense yep. or, you know, why even, you know, why even run, um, you know, a, a two, uh, you know, a three tight end set or two tight end set or, you know, some of the stuff, um, I don't know, some of the, you know, and, and I think maybe part of it is, is because, you know, then the playbook can, can go in that direction if Buckner's on the field and stuff, but he hasn't been on the field that much. I mean, um, so I, I don't think Jack Cohn fits sort of the kind of offense that, uh, that Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese would like to run. And you could tell by the kind of quarterbacks that they're recruiting um, that, uh, that it's not, that he's not. Um, but I don't think that they've completely adjusted 
and um, to you know, and 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 this is this is more criticism of, of them than it is of Cone. And I think he suffered because of that. They haven't, yeah. you know, yeah. put him in enough positions to succeed um, with some of their play calling and some of their scheming and some of their sets and some of their, you know, I think I think they needed to, you know, they needed to have an offense this year that resembles, you know, uh, the Patriots with Tom Brady, um, you know, right. keeping him keeping him clean and. You know, obviously he's not he's not going to be as proficient and efficient and terrific as as Tom Brady by a long shot. But run that kind of offense, and uh, and give that gives you a better chance to win and maybe keeps the sacks down. You know. Yeah. Well, I think you know. Look, I, we can all admit this. I mean, I don't think Jack Cohen going into it thought that he was limited to three seconds to release the right. football, and right. and I think that's a horrible sign. But that is the reality of what we're in right now. We've got an offensive line that can give him three seconds and that's it. And that's a problem. And a guy like Drew Pine can get that and make it work because of his athleticism. And he's got that ability to get away and scramble, which we just don't have with Cohen. And yeah. so, I mean, think, look, we, we have what we have and you got to do it and therefore go with what you got. And yeah. that's the reality of the matter. Didn't you think, though, that, I mean, I don't know, um, and, and maybe it was just because Pine was in the game, but I thought that the protection was pretty good in the second half, at least. Um, it definitely was better. There's no doubt about it. And and I don't know if they made some adjustments at halftime. I don't know. Uh, you know, there was some discussion about making the mic call where Patterson right. has not been doing that. And so the right. question was, where there's some missed calls going on. I don't know. I mean, that that's interesting to, to be interesting to find that out, but it did definitely look like there was better. Now, was that a result of pine or was that a result of, you know, the actual better protection and that that'll be, I think we'll find that out Saturday for sure. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I look, I, it, it, I, again, I think this is the pivotal moment for us as a team, because if, like you say, if we can come out, come out of that stadium with the wind it does set us up pretty well. We got a bye week. We got USC. You got North Carolina. You can somehow win those two games, and we're looking pretty good the rest of the season if we continue to improve and, and make the adjustments we need to make. Um, but yeah, there, there's some glaring issues with the offensive line and some, you know, drop passes and uh, yeah. Somehow. Can we can we address something else real quick? And I wasn't in stadium Saturday, but I've heard this comment multiple times uh, since. And that is, first of all, number one, uh, you know, it, it's no secret that the state of Ohio is filled with classless football fans. Um, we know that Ohio State people are just awful. Right. And it sounds like the Cincinnati fans uh, were, were not much better. Um, but um, setting that aside, Notre Dame is not getting any help from its video board operator and, you know, its ticket holders who are giving up their tickets to some of these fans. And the, the stadium on these types of games has to be a more difficult place to play and has to be more home team friendly. It just has to be. And, yeah. you know, I heard I heard from several people that, like, you know, Notre Dame would get a little momentum, they'd get a stop, and then the video board would go to, like, you know, Irish in the NFL or right. you know, the, exactly. the, whatever yeah. professor is being honored this week or whatever, you know, 
like when you get a little bit of when you get a little bit of juice going, you've got to get people freaking hopping around. You know, I don't. Yep. You got to get you got to yep. get things jazzed up because, um, you know, Cincinnati had a lot of people there. They were really loud. Uh, they really asserted themselves, and basically the whole first half was in their favor, right? So, yep. you know, you got to figure out a way to every little trick you've got in the book from a sort of a you know a fan perspective to turn that around. And I don't think, um, you know, I don't think we're doing a really good job of that in terms of helping this team win. So, yeah, yeah you know, uh, it's interesting you bring this up. I uh, Sully was telling me that he went to a talk that Swarbrick gave last week, and he specifically addressed this very point. Now, what he talked about was they got to figure out a way to handle the ticket situation because it's an issue. I mean, it is without a doubt. You, it wasn't the Nebraska type feel, obviously, but there were a lot of red in that stadium sure. on Saturday. Sure. So more so than you would expect. Or now, black granted, and orange or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cincinnati's having a great year, so don't get me wrong. But basically, what that means is a lot of Notre Dame people gave their tickets up to Cincinnati people. So you got to, you know, kind of think this through and say, how do we not allow that to happen? Well, there's a lot of creative things you can do. So I think, I think they recognize it. I just don't think they have an idea yet at how to do it. But yeah, when it comes to the, to the, you know, the jumbotron, <laughs> you got to figure that out real quick because I mean, this is going back six years with the whole reason why we got the jumbotron, but when Notre well, Dame's wonder, at Michigan, I mean, seems, yeah, and and I wonder if like there's there's somebody new doing it or whatever, but it it's because it seems like in the past there's been times where it's been it's been pretty good, like yeah, somebody yeah. somebody's running the show who actually has a feel for the game of football. Yep, <laughs> and, exactly. And, That's and, right. Right, and and somebody has so you know, and 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 Saturday, from what I'm told, again, I don't want to you know, but it sounded like it was much more programmed and nobody nobody deviated from the script right there that's was exactly a, right i think you're was exactly a, right and, it was and, pre-planned right and that's not how you run that the way no. you run it is you go to what the what the game's dictating right so you, you need a big huge defensive stance you know what they should have shown right is monte teo on fourth down against stanford and exactly. that's yeah because and the other thing that's that you what we do, need and the other thing that you have to do is use it to to over to 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 quiet down I mean, uh, to to block out the uh, when Cincinnati fans are making a lot of noise and going crazy that's when your video board should be the loudest and the most pro Notre Dame and the most right. obnoxious I mean right. you basically should try and cancel out anything that they're attempting to do um, yeah. in your own stadium I mean that's the whole purpose of the tool. That's exactly um, right. And the, the idea that it doesn't affect anything, bull crap. Our oh, guys saw that, heard it. They knew exactly what was going right, on. Right. And right. you didn't counter it. You let it happen. That's exactly right. right. So, yeah, I, I, look, I think there's a lot of things that that need to change. I mean, I think Brian Kelly mentioned about the coaching staff kind of whiffing a little bit on Saturday, which is good to see because I, that's what you want to do. You want to take some of the pressure off the guys. Um, but yeah, I think even the overall, um, it, you, you got to be really smart about that jumbotron. Like you say, I mean, it's got to be positioned as an advantage for us because that's the way home games work. I mean, that's the way the game works. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to play to the way the game is. So yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent, but, um, 
Well, look, it's going to get interesting. I, I, I think personally myself, uh, 10 and two is determined by what happens on Saturday. I don't think we go into Virginia tech lose and then run the table. I think we go into Virginia tech win, and then we got a shot at running the table. If 10 and two is maybe the worst case scenario. Yeah, exactly. 10 and two becomes the worst case scenario. You lose Saturday and all bets are off. Anything can happen. Yeah. And uh, so it's going to get interesting. What, what's your prediction? What do you think? Oh, I, I, I really want Notre Dame to win. So I'm going to predict they lose um, because, uh, you know, I, I to me, this, it, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to finish where I started. It just looked like a tired football team to me. And I think that, you know, they're now they're another week uh, of tired. Now, I think they've got some I think they've got some pretty good leaders. Um, and it's going to be really interesting if um, if those leaders can sort of and again, it's going to come down to the playmakers. Right. If Notre Dame wins, it's going to be because Hamilton, Mayer, um, you know, Williams, you know, maybe Austin um, and, you know, maybe like uh, Foskey, you know, make big plays. Right. I mean, because they're going to have they're going to have at least three or four guys that are are better athletes than than uh, and better football players than the Virginia Tech has on their on their roster. So. You know, we're going to have to lean on those guys and see if they can carry us to a W. But I, I just have a feeling it's not going to be enough. And, you know, Notre Dame's going to lose like 27 to 20. Um, and it's going to be, you know, two weeks of soul searching as we kind of try and figure out, you know, where to take this thing for the yeah. rest of the season. And, and I, I, I don't have a good feeling about the quarterback situation. And I could see it just being a real friggin' mess on Saturday night. And there's more questions than answers afterwards. Um, Brian Kelly seems to sort of, you know, every once in a while, he just kind of backs himself into these situations that, that get kind of, kind of messy. And this kind of has the earmarks of one of those to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's totally within the realm of possibility. So I can't really argue there. I kind of do think it's going to be a 24, 20 Notre Dame win only because I think that the defense will rise to the occasion and win the game for us. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, a couple of plays here and there, it could easily be the other direction. It, 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 I will say Drew Pine, there's going to be a lot on his shoulders. So I wish the hell out of the kid that, that he gets a lot of luck and a couple of balls bounce his way. I, I like him a lot. I think he's a typical Ian Book, you know, same kind of situation where nobody thought he had a chance in hell. And here we are. He's going to end up starting against Virginia Tech. And what does he end up doing with the moment? I think he's the kind of kid that can respond. I mean, he's just, they, they talk about him being a guy that's fearless. So I hope that's the case, but we'll find out Saturday. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope he is the starter. He did not, you know, I mean, listen, it wasn't like a hostile environment at Soldier Field, but it no. was a very worthy opponent and it was a pretty yeah. packed deal. It was. It was, a, it, it was a game yeah. that was very, very much in doubt. And he, you know, he definitely, he definitely, um, you know, stood up and, and, uh, and made the most of it. So I, I hope he's the starter Saturday night. Um, and, uh, cause I just think that that's the better path forward, both, both for winning Saturday night and for the, you know, the offense long-term, um, for sure. Um, but yeah. if, if, if there, if we're playing, if we're playing musical chairs, you know, with the quarterbacks, um, Saturday night, I, I don't think we have a very good chance to win. I would agree with you a hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah, you could almost say the over-under. So we, we did this on last week. The over-under was 150 yards rushing. We do that. We win anything less than 150. We're in trouble. 
the over-under this weekend might be the number of quarterbacks that play. If it's one, <laughs> we're probably going to win. If it's more than one, we're going to lose. <laughs> right, right. So anyways, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. that'll get I interesting. Mean, I, think the, I think the over-under for Notre Dame for rushing yards – you know, at this year, the rest of the year might be a hundred. It's a hundred. Yeah, like, I agree with you. Just, if, just they, if they can get a hundred yards. The, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, just to that's keep enough. the defenses honest. Yes. You yeah. know, that's and, enough to keep them honest. We yeah. don't need 150 to beat Virginia Tech, but we need a hundred. You can't but do we less can't, than we that. Can't, we can't have 24. <laughs> no, you can't. No, they ain't going to do um, it. So, yeah. yeah, I agree with you, but. All right, well, that'll be interesting. We'll leave it there. You've been listening to Dome and Domer, an online conversation about Notre Dame sports from a fan's perspective. For Ed Jordanik, I'm Mike Brammer. Thanks for listening.